What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me as always is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott, and I do not suffer from insanity. I enjoy every minute of it. Also joining us today, all the way from Germany, yeah. is Travis mm-hmm. Peanut Butter Baker. Uh-oh, get some of that. <laughs> welcome to the show, Travis. Oh, man, in Germany. I've never... Flying that long again for one podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you making the flight. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome to the party. As usual, we also want to say thank you for listening and supporting the show. Thank you. If you'd like to chat with any of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Metal for This, mm-hmm. or you can send us an email at Two Metal for This at Yahoo.com. All right. We also want to shout out a couple of people this week. Who we got? We got Dennis Jaza, hey. Beaumont Sabos, of course, John Shoemaker, all right, Mark and Justin McDermott, hey, get Amos Mills, that guy, and Sonny Denny. Fucking a. All right, time to get into this show. Get into it. Today, Travis is joining us for Volume Two of the Top Six Closing Tracks. Mm-hmm. Bobby's also got some music reviews for us. I do. But before we get into that, here's Justin with the news. The news. Shadows Fall will play the entire War Within album one night only on March 16th in Sayreville, New Jersey. The album will turn 20 next year. You feel old? I feel incredibly old, but also I wish they would come anywhere near here. Like, I don't know, uh, just one day? That's dumb. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a full tour because they're obviously staying close to home. But yeah, Well, I mean, they did, they did Headbangers mm-hmm. Boat and a couple other random shows, so you never know. I mean, they are playing here and there, so we yeah. can hope. Speaking of bands that don't play much, Chimera will re- reunite for the first festival appearance in 14 years next year at Incarceration Fest, which takes place July 19th to the 21st in Mansfield, Ohio. They've also teased more announcements coming soon, so here's hoping for a full-on tour. Yes, please. It's a good lineup, too. You know, and I would love the tour, but actually, if I had to choose, I'd take a new album over the tour. I don't know. Their I last album, album over a tour, anything. Nah, I mean it, a new album. Record, if it's this lineup recording, yeah, I mean a new I, album I could do that. with the original lineup, Sands Andals, because I know he can't perform anymore. But. Yeah. A perfect circle, Pusifier, and Primus added some Northeast dates to their upcoming tour, including stops in Boston, Atlantic City, Queens, Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City. So that tour now begins April 2nd in Boston and wraps up May 4th in Forest Hills, New York. <laughs> They'll be sharing bear band members on that tour, if you remember right. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of two of the three bands. I'm going to take that. Wait, which one are you a fan of? I like a perfect circle. You don't like, you don't like Primus? Primus? <laughs> no, shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Tell me how wrong I am in the comments. <laughs> Who likes Primus? <laughs> You're fucking wrong. No, nobody likes Pusifier, though. That's just a joke. Yeah, that, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. Fucking <laughs> I like how we were on agreements with that. They're like, fuck you. And it was like shit. attack mode on me. It was, here. man. Cannibal Corpse have a coloring book coming <laughs> yeah, December 1st. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it will include artwork from Tomb of the Mutilated, mm-hmm. Butchered at Birth. Mm-hmm. Eaten Back to Life, and more. You can order the book at Eyesore Merch. That's spelled E-Y-E-S-O-R-E Merch.com. It will not be sold in Germany. 
So Travis, you're not going to be able to get this book. <laughs> I'm smuggling it copies in. from here. There yeah, you go. man. Fuck yeah. Uh, they actually currently have other coloring books from Iron Maiden, Alice Cooper, Megadeth, Judas Priest, Motorhead, and Thin Lizzy on that website. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, actually. This past weekend, Rage Against the Machine were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and only Tom Morello showed up for the band. All right. Does that say more about the band or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Which one? It says more about him. He's like, I like money. To be honest, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a fucking joke. Exactly. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. But still, man, I got to pay for these fucking uh, weird guitar strings I use. I'm Tom Morello, and I'm here to collect my fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame check. Thank Mm -hmm. you, everybody. All right. Zach's busy rebelling. Yeah, he actually said that not everybody on the band agreed to be inducted, so that's why they were not there. (laughs) All right. You can't make me. No. (laughs) That's the news. See you guys next week. All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. going to rate this stuff on a uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. All right, Silent Planet, Super Bloom. Thought this was going to be some fucking doom metal. Way off. It's bloom metal. Songs, 39 minutes, metallic, hardcore from California. Mm. Well, shit, goddamn, I slept on these fucks. They are the fear factory of metalcore. This shit is sci-fi industrial super beatdown chugga with some shit like Chino's Crosses and a bit of the poppy shit in there. This has all this stuff I hate from this genre, but it has this futuristic vibe and somehow fucking works. It's like what the cyberpunk rockers are going to listen to. The parts that aren't good are short, and they get to something cool again pretty quickly. The standouts, uh, all right, check this out. Cool fade-in intro first track. Listen to that, and then skip the next four songs. Trust me. (laughs) The song Antimatter, start there. It's badass, and so is the rest of the album. Uh, It's got a pretty good title track closer. The front bit is just a waste of time. Surprisingly cool shit from Silent Planet Super Bloom 5. Upside down pentagrams. Oh, nice. War Crab, The Howling Silence. Seven songs, 45 minutes, stoner death sludge from England. Somehow these limey bastards managed to create a sludge the likes of which you would normally be found in Louisiana. Filthy, nasty grooves with chrono-style vocals, and of course the drugged-out Sabbath jam parts. Great guitar tune, solid drums, clean in the mix. Black Serpent Coils and Sword of Mars are the fucking awesome songs in there. And the title track closer comes in at just under 11 minutes long, and it's fucking excellent. Definitely the right spot on the record. Cool shit coming out of England, as always. War crap. And the Howling Silence. Five upside down pentagrams. Zoth. Exogalactic. That is X-O-T-H, Zoth, not to be confused with the uh, sludge metal band from Delaware. This is eight songs, 39 minutes of technical blackened death thrash from Washington. Instantly had me. This shit is fucking awesomely weird and interesting deaths. This shit's got its own category. They're doing their own thing, and they're really, really fucking good at it. It's super technical, but totally catchy and listenable. Kind of partying, too. It's got a bit of the Scandy Jollies in there. Each song is long, but it's epic and cool. Everyone in the band is an incredible musician, and the production is awesome, and everyone comes together clean in the fucking mix. Parasitic Orchestra is a great song, but the saga of the Blade is the best track. Jason, Justin, check out the new one from Zoth. 
exogalactic five and a half upside down pentagrams. That shit's fucking cool, man. Mm. Dying wish symptoms of survival. 11 songs, 32 minutes of metallic hardcore from Oregon. So last week I reviewed Year of the Knife's new album. These two bands are kind of similar. Metallic hardcore with a chick singer. Let's see how they compare. Immediately you'll notice that Dying Wish has the better production, which has greatly improved from the last album. Also, the vocals are way better. Emma Boster is easily the best female singer in the scene. The guitar tone is better. The drummer is way better. But Year of the Knife has the better songs. I'll take a good song with shitty production over a shitty song with good production any fucking day. We know. Symptoms of Survival is a good opening title track. Sounds like every other fucking metalcore thing out there. Nothing new. Same old tropes. But with a decent scoop of some poppy bullshit. Just shiny packaging. Other than the fucking title track, Path to Your Grave and Tongues of Lead were pretty cool. And a decent closer from the new one by Dying Wish. Symptoms of Survival. 32 minutes of mediocre core. Three and a half upside down pentagrams. Cadabra. Umbra. Eight songs, 43 minutes of psychedelic stoner rock from Washington. Yeah, this is some of the good stuff. Super far out, ultra drugged FX, saturated fuzzy grooves with big rocking drums and a nice round bass, and some 70s style organ in there just for a bit of extra coolness. If you like Dead Meadow, Black Angels, bands with witch in the name, get your levels right and check out this party in Sonic Get Down, Cadabra, Umbra, five upside down pentagrams. Suffocation, hymns from Apocrypha. Nine songs, 41 minutes, death metal from New York. Now, this is from the big four with the immolation, incantation, mortician. This is the other shun, suffocation. Drums are unreal. No surprise there. Guitar tone is okay. Super shredder solos. Clanky bass, but it's got a nice low end. The vocals are cool. A well-seasoned monstrous roar. Title track opener is not good. It's the weakest song on the fucking record. Just under six minutes of mediocre bullshit. It's a bit fucking long. Thankfully, the rest of the stuff is way cooler. Like, I was going to gong this shit, and then the second song comes on. Perpetual Deception completely changed my mind. These fucks do have the riffs. They were Killer song. Me. Other standouts are Seraphim Enslavement, Delusions of Mortality. So if you like the technical deaths, check out the ninth studio album from Suffocation. Hymns from the Apocrypha. Four and a half upside down pentagrams. Ooh. Travis, you're our guest today. I have a bit of a treat for you. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. This silver chord. 14 songs, one hour and 57 minutes of experimental what? electronic music made exclusively with synthesizers, analog recording equipment, and just a bit of fun. Count me down, fellas. Didn't they just have an album? We're doing a countdown on the fucking you segment. So the first seven songs are the actual album, just under a half hour long. The back half is 88 minutes long. It's all the same songs, but extended versions. I'm liking this trend of putting the other versions of the album in the back end of the fucking album. Five. Okay. So this is technically a concept album. The album they dropped earlier this year, Pinto Dragonic Apocalypse, which is totally awesome. Thrash Metal Mania is the counterpart to this soft ass bitch computer rock dog <laughs> shit. Two drastically different albums, yin and yang style. Kind of a cool fucking concept. Four. This shit is really, really weird. Three. It's only 28 minutes, so it didn't have long to fucking suffer through. Two. Two. There's a song about Gilgamesh, and that's a cool fucking right. topic. One. 
these guys went above and beyond to create an entire album's worth of terrible, unlistenable songs <laughs> and then made them even longer and slapped that shit on the back end of this turd. And that's fucking hilarious. Almost two hours. This is their 25th album in like 11 years, and it sounds like a project and nothing more. There's no creative inspiration. There's no soul. They just did some research and cranked out a lackluster record made with little excitement just so they can say they did a synth album. Thanks for the shit sandwich, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. The silver cord is a one upside down pentagram. Couple of singles here. Oofa Mammoth just dropped the new single, Crookhead. Three songs, 18 minutes, psychedelic stoner doom from Italy. It's fucking badass. Still not a fan of the new drummer, but he allows them to try some different things arrangement-wise. And they're also trying out some more stuff with the vocals than they used to. Uh, cool stuff, but I like the other two songs better than the actual single. Excited to hear with the fucking next album. Supernova and Vibrate are the ones to check out. So get a load of that. And this is the best thing ever. Slower. The Stoner Doom Slayer Tribute Band released their first fucking single, War Ensemble. The original version is just under five minutes long. This version is almost 11 Holy minutes shit. long. Why? And it's pretty fucking badass. Because it's slower? Super excited for it. That's all I got for now. Go listen to something that's going to piss off you, Mariah Carey, loving neighbors. Stay curious, motherfuckers. All right, everyone. So if you remember back in December of 2022, we went through and did the top six closing tracks. I do remember. If you don't remember, go back and listen to the episode. What episode was it? It was episode 11, Bobby, way right. back when. We're at 65 now, a long time ago. Hell yeah, a good job. So the problem with that episode is we had so many tracks we wanted so to talk many. about, we couldn't have possibly made it all into one episode. Mm -mm. So this time, we're going to bring you volume two. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you an extra guy to give you six extra closing tracks to check out. He's got the best pick. Calling it right now. Number six. So I'm going to go ahead and kick this countdown off with my number six pick. Here we go. What you got? Comes from Chimera right. with their song Lazarus. Hmm. What is a top six list about closing songs if it doesn't have Chimera on it? Probably something I came up with. They've proven album after album that you should never check out early on any Chimera album. I don't know. The last one wasn't very good. But other than that, <laughs> Lazarus is the closing track on their 2005 self-titled album. This is the album where they slowed down quite a bit and mm -hmm. infused some extra groove and melody. And this track is no exception. It's over seven minutes long, mm. but it's really captivating the whole time. And it ends up being over before you realize it leaves you wanting more. It's exactly what I want out of a closing track. So you like the long song? on this In this hey. case, yes. It left me ready for the next album. If you're going to do a long song, put it at the fucking end. I agree. You know what I mean? Metallica, Don't. that's one thing Metallica got right. Mm -hmm. Usually they did the opening and closing. Metallica, they laid the blueprint. Yeah. Don't miss a solo from uh, Rob Arnold. He's got a lot of great guitar work in this area of Chimera. The fade out to this track is really good as well. It's a great album. Yeah, so this one starts off with the slow build and a hint of melody before it explodes. The lyrics to this song, though, are what are going to really stick with you. It takes on the subject of suicide and its impact on those that are left behind. Uh, it starts out with the line, 11-5-94-6-30 morning, woke up panicked, sweating, with a mouthful of vomit, no idea what could be wrong, blew it off as the illness was common, went back to sleep, then the phone rings. 
fell to the ground as the news was haunting. Uh, as the song goes on, you really find yourself immersed in the story and wondering, just like Mark Hunter is, why did Lazarus decide to take his life? Chimera uses their instruments to assist in setting the tone for this dark and ominous tale. A great example of this is the break in the middle of the song when the music drops out almost completely, and then we get that slow buildup that starts all over again. And at the five-minute mark, we get one of the best guitar solos that I've ever heard Rob mm -hmm. Arnold lay down on any song. Justin touched on that, but Rob Arnold is uh, one hell of a prolific guitar player, and he showcases that on this song. Uh, very much, uh, it's like the solo on Cemetery Gates. It's just one of those yeah. ones that just really like sticks with you. And mm -hmm. it stands out more than anything else in the song, I think. Yeah. Song is heavy as fuck, both musically and emotionally. And as you know, those tend to be my favorite kind of songs. So my number six pick is Chimera with their song Lazarus. Nice. Great pick. So yeah, picking six songs, that's a real son of a bitch. But it? uh it's like zooming. Do you, you have fun ranking them? No, that's terrible. <laughs> I did about five minutes ago. No, uh, right. So we're just gonna start off with uh you know, they're hard rock legends, uh may not be the most mellowest band because they are the uh kings of hard rock, but mm -hmm. it's A C D C with hey. rock and roll and mm -hmm. noise pollution on nineteen eighties back in black. Nice. Mm -hmm. So uh, researching this song, interestingly enough, initially Back in Black only going to be nine songs, but their uh, management and the record company both wanted them to make one more song for the album, so this was it. Both Marcus and Angus Young wrote this track in 15 minutes. Get oh, some. damn. I don't know how you can create such an iconic song yep. in just 15 minutes. Then upon listening to it, new lead vocalist Brian Johnson just started belting it out. Uh, the lyrics reflect a growing discussion about London's old marquee club causing noise pollution in downtown London. And this is a nice ode that rock and roll ain't noise pollution. A beautiful closer on what is now actually the second highest selling album of all time. Nice. Oh, really? 50 million it. copies sold. Dang. Second only two. Michael Jackson's Thriller. It's a hey. 70 million. Best title track ever. Thriller. Thriller. Ah, yeah. I mean. But hey, uh, no bullshit. That's interesting. You said they wrote it in 15 minutes because uh, in other interviews, uh, uh, Angus was always saying that it takes him a long time to fucking write songs. He's like, I put a lot of fucking work into this shit. I know it all sounds the same, but he's like, I try really hard. And they say, yo, we need 10, round it out. And he bangs out this fucking goddamn classic. This is an absolutely iconic riff. Like, it's too a it fucking like, anthem for shit. our whole people, but it's weird. It should be an opener. Now, this being said, I'm not the biggest Brian Johnson ACDC fan. I'm more of a Bon Scott ACDC. Okay. But... And dude brought the fucking heat. He did what he had to fucking do. And that ain't no joke, that song. I mean, back in undeniable. The most out of ACDC with this is uh, after Bon Scott's unfortunate passing, Bon Scott's family said, you guys should continue as a band because they were thinking about breaking up. Nah, that's dumb. Yeah. And then you go rocking. out and find Brian fucking Johnson yeah. to not only step in, but take the band to new heights. I agree. Mm -hmm. Back in Black took them to a whole new level, man. They are kings of hard rock, laid the groundwork for some big heavy metal bands. Ah, totally. And what I will say is, uh, as much as I love James Hetfield, the oohs, the uh, 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 
Way better coming from Brian Johnson. Yeah. Way before James Hetfield. That's true. Yeah. So, what, 1980? 1980. Yep. It's a good year. A lot of cool people showed up. Even though they've said they've gone on their final tour multiple times. Gosh, one of that's which the I best, right? It's their final tour again. <clears throat> I know. Well, they just did Power Trip Festival. How, yeah. many, how many final tours have you seen? I went to one back in 2015. That's for <laughs> fucking years ago. Well, they're still out there kicking ass and uh, nothing but love for ACDC. And this amazing closer that is rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Yeah. All right, I'm going to kick this off with a band we really don't talk about much. God forbid, with Crucify Your Beliefs. It's from the 2005 album, Four, Constitution of Treason. Uh, It's got a nice acoustic opening. Everyone knows I'm an absolute sucker for that shit. Mm. Uh, It's a 40-second build before the drums come in and the song uh, starts to kick up. Uh, The back-and-forth vocal between Doc's cleans and Byron's harsh vocals play off each other perfectly. Super chuggy riffing and that killer little solo right before Byron starts screaming, crucify your beliefs leading into the absolutely insane breakdown uh court pierce is putting on work on the drums here uh it's a high speed massacre at the end uh closing with the lyrics crucify your beliefs and save your own skin and it goes into like a piano keyboard type of fade out for the last 60 seconds of the album great album from a great band that we actually all seen not bobby but the rest of us all seen just this last week yeah man i was real close to putting that that song on my list as well I definitely listened to it quite a few times after the show. Um, yeah, because they didn't play it, fuckers. Yeah. What's wrong with you, Doc? Close, uh, you know, what's considered a, a concept album, I yeah. think, from start to finish. That was a perfect way to close it out. Their best album, too, I would say. Oh, man, I don't I'm know. I'm going to fight you over this. Gone yeah. Forever? Gone, gone Forever. Nah, it's, it's pretty close. fucking it's good, close. man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to choose between yeah. those two. Already. So, talking about closers, I was going to talk about this last year, but, you know, you only get fucking six picks. Got Danzig with Evil Thing, 1998, self-titled debut, just over three minutes of heavy metal rock and roll from New Jersey. It's got the great ending to a great debut album. No fancy shit, just straight up heavy rock and sleazy riffs over a killer groove. Nice, clean stop. Great song. Fucking Danzig's Evil Thing. I always thought this album was fucking incredible. What a great debut album. It's got a good fucking opener. But uh, he's coming off of like Misfits and Sam Hain, where it was this very like conceptual type shit, very raw sound. This was just meat and tater. It's just guitars, bass, drums, and these killer fucking vocals. Just straight up fucking hard rock and roll metal, man. It was fucking awesome. Great way to fucking end the album. It was, it's just fucking impressive. I like what you, y'all know about the first Danzig album. I will say Danzig always reminded me of uh, what Jim Morrison could have been if he mm. did harder rock. Mm. Mm. If he worked out a lot, too. It's like Metal Elvis, but yeah, Dude's I get the, the, the Morrison yeah. uh, the vibe in there for sure. he did get knocked the fuck out in that one video. Oh, that's <laughs> the best, isn't it? <laughs> See, like, dude, I love me some Danzig, but I'm not like, oh, Danzig's the shit. I love the video where that dude kicks the fucking shit out of him. I'm watching a lot. That's great. But I just really like Danzig's delivery, his vocal style. And it just (laughs) dawned on me recently where him and Maynard had the same style because I really freak on Maynard. And uh, I have a new appreciation when I listen to Misfits and Danzig now. Yeah. Because I, I picture Maynard in there when I listen to Tool. I picture Danzig on there. I just always like his style. I love me some Elvis, but like a tougher fucking, you know, like, you know, street leather jacket wearing, you know, punching the dick lips kind of Elvis, you know, Danzig, man. And it was an impressive album. The second album was pretty good. And they get kind of weird later on. But the first couple, it's just just guitar. Barely. It's like a dis- distortion, I think. Maybe that's it. 
just drums, bass, and vocals. Just just raw, all you fucking need, metal. Danzig's vocals are just an instrument to themselves. Mm, it's very uh, unique. It's very unique. And it's powerful. He just owns every song he's in. Yeah. And that is what made that such a damn Like, even his, like, whispery talk singing still kind of sounds tough. You know what I mean? I like it. He might not be the toughest dude, but he sounds pretty tough. I like me some Danzig. It's like Peter Steele and Typo Negative with the talks in yeah, it, too. It yeah. sounds tough, yeah. Same era. He sounds tough when he's delivering vocals, but if you hear him in an interview, oh, yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like a totally different dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that shit, can, that shit can happen. Look at Will Ramos in an interview compared to Lorna Shore. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Like Ace Freely yeah. sounds like a it, New York cabbie. Yeah. It's real you know funny, I mean? though, because he's so soft-spoken yeah. in interviews. Like You would never think that he's the guy that's delivering all these dark lyrics and stuff in the fucking misfits and stuff. Mm, fucking, uh, or corpse grinder. He's always super jolly in his interviews yeah. winning the, uh, the claw machine. Stuff. Man, I love when corpse grinder goes, does claw machine and donates all that yeah, shit I mean, to kids like cannibal corpse. Let's go. And then he goes on stage and screams, uh, I come blood. I, I just want this on record though. Really quick. Um, while we're talking dancing and misfits, mm-hmm. the only misfits is Glenn dancing. Fuck that Jerry oh. only shit. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I'm with you on yeah. that one. And it's the misfits for everybody, not just Whatever, misfits. misfits, the misfits, and the misfits, lay misfits. I think it's just misfits. It is just the, it's just misfits. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did that yeah, backwards. Yeah, I think but, you, you know, did it totally I did. wrong. Yeah. I did it like everybody else who fucks it up, but it's misfits. Good yeah. job, buddy. Good There's good no man. the. On the so, record. So You're punk like, rock Maynard. Like all those people Hell wearing yeah. shirts, punk rock Maynard. but don't know. I know, right? Wouldn't you go see mm-hmm. punk rock Maynard? Name three songs. If that was the band? I would always go see punk rock. <laughs> I would not. I don't like punk rock. I love Maynard. Dumb. Man. Don't like punk. You can hear punk rock Maynard if you haven't already. It's on an album called Opiate by Tool. Hey, hey, hey Opiate's actually not bad, though. I like that one, too. It's a little punk rock. Not uh, too much. What you got, J-Man? That was good. Number five. All right, so getting into number five. Get into it. This is a band we haven't probably ever talked about on the podcast before. We had no reason to uh, before. Band called Dry Kill Logic with their song No Reason. I guess we never have. We have not. All right. So, Dry Kill Logic is a band that usually gets lumped in with new metal. New metal, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never fully understood that. I think they got a lot more groove metal in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That wasn't a term yet. Yeah. If you don't believe me, listening to the opening track on the same album, Lost, that shit Shit. is groove metal as fuck. You can hear the anselmic vocals mm. in full force. I like that. That's right. I just made up a word. Fucking all words are made it up. Should, it should some. be in the fucking heavy metal dictionary. Hey, it Phil. is. Anselmic. Anselmic. I like it. You got to be barefoot to do these vocals. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, here we go. So what I love about this closing track, though, is no reason is completely in stark contrast to the rest of the album mm-hmm. uh, and most of the band's catalog in general. Instead of being like slappy in the mouth groove metal, this one goes full ballad and they actually pull it off beautifully. You may not know if you listen to some of the other songs from Dry Kill Logic, but the singer Cliff Regano has some pipes on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something just so haunting about this song, and I found myself playing it in many of the darkest times of my life. Yeah. You can really feel how therapeutic it must have been for Cliff to get all of this out. And honestly, it's done the same for me on many, many occasions. Uh, on a side note, I can't help but think what could have been with this band had they chosen to take this approach to more of their songs and maybe infuse a little bit more of this 
Um, there's a bit of a shine down element to this particular oh. track. Um, the vocals aren't perfect by any means, but what they are is very real. And with some vocal coaching, I think this type of singing could have probably propelled this band to new heights. But it was not to be. Uh, as it stands, though, the band is still amassed a respectable 174,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, which isn't bad for a band that's only released two songs since 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, check out Dry Kill Logic in general. But uh, if you like a good ballad, check out No Reason. That's my number five pick uh, from Dry Kill Logic's 2004 album, The Dead and Dreaming. Yeah, that's a pretty brutal album overhaul and overall, and this comes out of nowhere at the end. Right. It's acoustic, it's emotional, and it's it's a great way to close out that album. And it's funny, because I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, why did they put this fucking soft-ass shit and on then the it grows album? Like, it you instantly know, it, grows on you. Like yeah. Halfway in, you're like, oh, fuck, I really like this. And it's become like, this song is on a bunch of my playlists. And this, I this was on my list. It got cut. I don't listen to a lot of their stuff but yeah. anymore. But Same. this song is just, it's a very powerful song. Yeah, that's funny. This song has actually stayed around in my playlist longer than their other stuff, which was heavier. So, hmm. Y'all like some ballads. We yeah, like, man. We like lyrics, man. We like to get in touch with our feelings. Hmm. You wouldn't know what that's like. My feelings don't like to get in touch. With Bobby me. said, fuck your feelings. Right. And fuck your sing-song ding-along shit. Right. And fuck your happy guitars from your Scandi metal. I'm being happy for. I like my distortion and shitty production. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's got you all Great I mean, summary. sometimes. You don't, sometimes. You don't fucking, you don't know, fucking me. know me. But Travis, we don't really know you yet. What you got for number five? What you got, man? Uh, taking a note from Jason's playbook here. That's not good. I'm kind of surprised he didn't have it on there. Mm. Uh, this place is death from the Deftones 2008 album Diamond right, Eyes. Deftones? I've never heard of them. It's Who are they? Fucking gay. It's a Sacramento-based band. Uh, became one of my deployment bands based solely off this fucking album. Okay. Oh, wow. Diamond Eyes has some good songs. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I found it, and I was like, good God, why have I been sleeping on this band? I feel like a dickhead. Mm. So, with that being said, uh, this place is death. Like a lot of closing songs I have actually come to find out is very remorseful, very deep, mm. very, very heavy. Almost uh, talking about relationships a lot. Uh, that's what you get out of a lot of the lyrics in a song. However, reading an interview with uh, Chino Moreno, the lead singer, he said the song is sonically a Stephen Carpenter song, the band's mm-hmm. guitarist. Okay. Right. After hearing the riffing that Stephen was doing, he then penned the lyrics. And he says, romantic yet chaotic. And that's what he wrote the lyrics to match. Hmm. So the song talks a lot about uh, taking on the night, getting your fullest out of it, and someone close to you doing it with you. Sounds it's awesome. It's a very sonically appealing song to me. A great way to close out uh otherwise beautiful album. It's one of the Deftones albums that I actually enjoy, for sure. That's great to hear. Um, Chino didn't write that, though? So, musically, the song came from uh, Stephen. However, Chino, yes, did, did write the lyrics. The lyrics. Okay, yeah. fair enough, yeah. Yeah, uh, big fan of Deftones. I've said that many times. Not a fan of that song. That was a cool album. And it goes out on some soft shit. That's not how I like to end it. Yeah, we know. Right. It's too clean for you. Yeah, but that's cool that you, uh, you know, dropped the info that Steven wrote that shit. And then you're like, hey, you're writing some beautiful stuff. I'll try to fucking match that. That's always good. Teamwork makes the dream work. It really does. And uh, to, 
to me again it was a, a great way to close out an otherwise beautiful album that really sold me and made me a bigger deftones that was your fan. first deftones album i had heard them here and there i mean but i guess the first everyone one knows really... change right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I uh, change like, back to school. Those are the basics. Those are the basics. Those cool. are the tracks cool I like. You know, I'm, I'm basic bitch over here. So and yeah. I branched out, and one day it said, "Damn, I heard Diamond Eyes on the radio." I was like, no, "Fuck it, I'll go full sale." I bought the album. There you go. And then jammed that shit for seven months in Afghanistan. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. So my favorite track from Deftones is actually on that album. It's one for the butcher. All right. Ooh, I would go uh, Command and Control. That's a good oh, one too. Shit. Uh, that that was my shit off that album, but. Every damn song on an album is um, it's a masterpiece. Oh. It's a masterpiece album. Probably my favorite Deftones album. Oh wow, that's it's a fucking good one. I like it. I mean, White Pony's fucking solid, and everyone says it's oh the greatest. But mm, Diamond Eyes got me. So I think, Jason, I think Jason likes around the fur best, right? Mm. Or is it Adrenaline? I do. I like Actually, it. my favorite Deftones the, album is the, uh, Saturday Night Wrist. No, 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 no. It's the fucking, I can't even fucking pronounce it. It's Coin Oil. That's a good one, man. Really? Okay. But I, you know, I second pretty much everything that Travis just said. Uh, Diamond Eyes was just such a welcome album after Saturday Night Wrist. Because oh, yeah. I, I love uh-huh. Saturday Night Wrist, but mm. it's like more of, it felt like a Chino mm. solo project like versus. Crosses. You know, versus a mm-hmm. Deftones album because it cool. did not have any of the like the punch and the fucking balls that like you expect on a Deftones song. And mm-hmm. I think if you go back and listen to the interviews with Steph Carpenter, he was largely not a part of the writing in that. And Travis hit it right on the head. Like this was a true collaboration. And Steph came and he's like, Yeah, I like what you're doing here. Let me give it like a little bit of edge. Like, yeah, fucking great way to close mm. out one of the best Deftones albums for sure. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. I was a little nervous bringing up Deftones in front of Mr. Deftones here. But <laughs> uh, that's another thing I read, though, was... Uh, Is that what they call you, Electric Spider, Mr. <laughs> Deftones? <laughs> the Electric Spider thing still lives. Uh, I, Jason, when I was J-Man reading up on it, uh, Ohms was supposed to be the follow-up after that uh, the accident. And I like then, that one. Uh, they shelved that entire album and completely rewrote everything and that became Diamond Eyes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It's like, what did this come out? Like 2006, 2007, something like that? 2008. Okay, right around that area. Get your shit right, motherfucker. Hey, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big Deftones fan. You need to be a fan of everything say? we talk about. You know that's what? not what you talk about. You know what? So, another, I'm, yeah, sorry. Travis brought up Deftones and, you know, here, no, here we go. Jason just on the table right now. Really interesting. Like, um, Diamond Eyes came out in a time in my life where, to be honest, I was fucking poor. Hmm. Um, there's no better way to say it. Yeah, um, 2008. That was a rough I went year. To, I went up to North Carolina for work, um, and I had a rental car. You know, it was with good old Advanced Auto Parts. All right. Um, I went work at another distribution center, and I hadn't got to hear anything off of Diamond Eyes. But I had free satellite radio hey, in the rental car. Satellite radio. And before guess streaming, what comes guys. on? Fucking Octane. Fucking Rocket Skates. Yeah. Do you know how excited I was mm. like to hear that shit? Good one. God damn. Oh, Remember man. the days when we didn't have streaming? That so, fucking sucked. It was cool, but it sucked at the same time. Some of my extra overtime out-of-state money went to buying that album when I got back home. Nice. So. Cool. So real quick, man, you're saying, uh, you know, aren't you glad you got streaming? Even when it was the fucking destitute poorest, I always had Beaumont Sabos 
giving me the fucking music Shout every out to goddamn week. I give him a list of some shit, and he'd be like, "That's weird," and he'd bring it, and then he would be like, "You might be into this fucking shit." He's pretty good at nailing with old BMFM. There's some burnt like, CDs. I get many burnt yeah, CDs. That yeah, guy over there, the, uh, <laughs> the fucking. The USB thing, put in the computer. USB, and but okay. he would have some shit like I don't know, you might like this, and then not downloading yeah. off a of Napster and LimeWire. Oh, yeah, that shit sounds so, very LimeWire. Yeah. alive during all the fucking <laughs> yeah. shit with the musics, man. So shout out to him. Where you download ZZ Top's cocaine? Oh all wait, that that's Eric Clapton. Nah. What the fuck? Why not? No, but that's what it was labeled as for many years on LimeWire or or like Napster. I I know the difference, yes, but I'm just like, saying. We thought you were just yeah. being regular. Justin. No, man. <laughs> This shit was labeled as a ZZ Top song for years on one of those platforms. It's ridiculous. Regular Justin. <laughs> now that we're done sucking Deptone's dick. Uh, hey, Justin. Man. What's your number five pick? My number five comes from a band we don't talk about very often. It's Trivium. Don't know why we don't talk about them, but we don't. It's Wake. The it's, end is nigh. Not night. weird we don't talk about kind of a bigger band. Yeah, yeah. We, we rarely ever bring up Orlando Trivium. Love. Come. Exactly. Local band, too. Uh, but it's from the 2013 album, Vengeance Falls. It opens with the lyric, with my hands around your throat. That's the way I like you most. Mm. How about that? I like it. It's a slow build, more melodic opening, which goes on for the first 80 seconds as we are lyrically dealing with someone who's struggling with a love-hate relationship. Then we get Matt screaming, wake. It's only getting worse. As the song kicks into gear and goes full-on thrashy pit mode, then it goes into the lyric, take it away, every second of pain. Like a stake through the brain, existence inhumane, leading into the solo at five minutes. And the buildup is all super clean. Everyone's very tight in this band at this point. It's very Metallica, but in a good way, not in the bad Metallica way. Mm. Uh, track closes with the lyric, the end is nigh. And they say it over and over and over with riffs and solos flying through as it fades out. And Bobby would appreciate that if you actually would have listened to it. Uh, the track has a huge build and feel to it. It's just epic it's a perfect closer to an album that just isn't talked about enough it Tribune is from vengeance falls a cool solo he sounds like what kirk wishes he could sound like mm. uh, you know always shit on kirk where he's trying to go fucking old matt fucking he's like he nails it every time yeah uh, not the biggest trivium fan brother jay's a big keefy fan he likes him some thrash fucking riffs so i always respect that guy but uh yeah i know that's that's a good clip that's a fucking one of his cooler solos that i think like yeah, i said it's a really cool song it's uh if kirk hammett didn't suck <laughs> can i just say how funny it is that you had to clarify whether you meant the metallica reference as a compliment or an insult well i mean we just went through the metallica episodes and for all of you that may or may not have listened <laughs> to mean, all those you know it gets you know. pretty brutal at times so you know mm. metallica being one of my favorite bands is not always the best band you reference right? 80s metallica not mid 80s metallica is great mid 90s I mean, and if i say he sings like uh, matt pike it's not a compliment oh uh, <laughs> yeah i mean like, you know just saying you know I get trivium's it. always been metallica like little metallica so you know it's it's they're there. better the influence is there they're like, better. Like, I don't know if I'd say better that. than Metallica now. Now, sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. New albums compared to new albums. Yeah, I'll that's what I'm saying. Them. Like, they're doing what Metallica should But they're also like 40 years younger. Exactly. <laughs> you know? You got the fucking, and you don't have Lars. Not quite. So. It's probably like 20. You imagine yeah. writing a really good fucking song, like you put your heart in, so you got like these cool riffs and range range. Like, oh, this is a fucking banger. Now I gotta let Lars play on it. Like preview <laughs> next week's episode, I wish, yeah, Igor, I, mean, I wish Igor Cavalera was in Metallica. Like, me fuck. Too. Are you Holy kidding me? Shit, dude, God amazing. Damn. Anyways, what you got for number five, dude, Bobby? Wait, 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 wait. Rob Trujillo and Igor in the same Holy fucking shit, band. man. Like, are you what? kidding me? Yeah. 
Get the fuck out of here. Let's start the super group, man. I'm like, fully oh, man. erect under here. Don't oh, look under shit. the table. I'm got some blue chew going on. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> hey, blue chew Spirit world. Fuck yeah. thousand deaths. Yes. Off of 2022's Death Western. Just under four minutes of brutal metallic hardcore from Las Vegas. Starts with the Western Saloon vibe, and then we get into one more brutal get down to wrap up a ridiculously awesome album full of crushers. Mm-hmm. If there's anything left of your face when this last song kicks on, it won't be for long. Killer death grinds smothered in super chuggas will melt what's left of your fucking face. Love this one. Spur World Thousand Deaths. I really like the whole fucking cowboy undead fucking satanic metal theme. It's bad as fuck. Mm-hmm. Super chuggers, fucking death grinds, and then some bling, 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 some fucking get down, fucking spur jangling, fucking saloon fucking rock. death metal ghoul town. I love it. God damn. Spirit world's the shit. And then they end it with a fucking great goddamn banger. Like, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? What do you got? Fucking spirit world. Spirit world, man. If you're not paying attention, this is one of a few bands that the three of us can always yeah. agree with. For sure. And God down damn. On. Man, fucking spirit world's a shit. They, they, they lure you in with that acoustic western mm-hmm. opening before just slaughtering your fucking soul. Killer closer to an album that everyone needs to fucking check out. It's one of the best albums from last year. It is the best album that Bobby has ever recommended on this show. All right, <laughs> shit, there by we go. far. Yeah, Anytime we can talk about Spirit World, it's a good day, man. I want to see them live. Dude, they dress up like fucking cowboys yeah. with like the rhinestone jackets and the big old fucking J.R. Ewing hats and shit. It's fucking cool, man. Oh, like man. I, I want to see them so bad, yeah. too. Aren't they coming? They're coming with somebody. I mentioned it. They're coming to Florida, and I don't remember what that show Uh-oh, was. We need to figure that. We need shit to figure out. that out. We need to go. We I'll need to quit that my show fucking up. job. Let us know in the comments if you remember. Spirit World's coming to Florida. <laughs> they don't pay attention to listening. I, I think they were on that Creed tour, right? <laughs> what Creed tour? We don't talk about Creed around here. They threw that guy off the boat. <laughs> Fuck Scott's stat. <laughs> he was the sacrifice <laughs> on the you know headband I mean? boat. They There's sent a thousand him straight, and one deaths. They sent him straight to the spirit world. Hell yeah. yeah. 200 stab wounds God playing damn. outside right now. I'm just saying, <laughs> as I, I try to bring something new for who's got a good closer that's new. Fucking spirit world. Fucking spirit. So this was on my list too. I cut it at the very end. Nah, yep. I mean, so I'm it's glad you picked it fuck, up. Man. It's a cool do. track, man. All right. Good job, everyone. Number four. Number four. Four. This is not something new. This is a band that I don't really think we've talked about much. Nothing on your list is new, if we're just being honest. Are we? No bullshit. My list ain't new either. Did you change your list, too? I mean, I was going to say. Are changing your fucking lists? (laughs) You got a brand new band that has one of the best closers you ever heard? You have a goddamn pick on there. Do I? He does. I don't. Of course he forgets. He only like, shut the fuck up. That's what I'm saying. When my thumbs go up, you shut the fuck up. Your thumbs ain't up, ding dong. My number four pick comes from Corn oh, right. with their I song My Gift to You. For nothing. So, this is the closing track from Corn's breakthrough third full length album, Follow the Leader. If you haven't heard the album, <laughs> you've been living under a rock or something. Or maybe you're just young. You never watched TRL growing. I don't know. TRL? What the fuck is that? I'm just a young guy with no TV living under a rock. Carson. So. Huh? This album is full of bangers. Oh, yeah. Most of them have held up great after all these years, excluding All in the Family, of course. Mm, um, it's got however, some nostalgia to it. My Gift to You is the song that's always been the standout track for me 
Starts out with the bagpipes, mm-hmm. which have become a corn staple at this point. I do like bagpipes. And just the one note heavy guitar before it gets into some staccato riffing. Hey, dude, that riff to dude, open man. it is fucking sick, man. That is heavy for corn. That was just for you, Bobby. Mm-hmm. First time staccato. I've ever used that term on the, on the show. Nah, you used staccato before, I believe. <laughs> no, but you have about a thousand yeah, it's, times. It's a good fucking word. It explains <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Staccato. So I've always felt that buffoons. I've always felt that this is one of the heaviest songs the band have ever made, uh, which is saying a lot since it's hiding in the back of their most mainstream successful album of all time. It is, yeah. But when we get into the lyrics, this shit is dark as fuck. Mm, that's um, saying something for that band. They got some dark ass yeah, fucking lyrics. Being fucking raped and shit. Woo. Like, goddamn. Jonathan Davis essentially wrote this song for his now ex fiance. And the song details how he wanted to choke her to death during sex. Mm. With my hands uh, around your throat, that's the way I like you most. Oh, wait, that's trivia. Apparently, she was really into this fantasy as well, and mm. she was pretty stoked for him to write this song about yeah, her. Yeah, they usually are. You got to get uh, away from those. The lyrics in the chorus are, Your throat, I take grasp. Mm-hmm. Then your eyes roll back. Mm-hmm. Love racing through my veins. Mm-hmm. Your heart stops beating. Mm. Black orgasms. Mm. I kiss your lifeless skin. Some Jeffrey Dahmer shit there, right? Fucking dead. God damn. It later goes on to say, here I am, just a man feeling pain gives me life. Relieving yours is my plan. I'd give anything just to see through your eyes. Hmm. So he wants to see through her eyes while he's choking her to death while shit. fucking her. Pretty sick stuff. Hmm. And then he brings the song to a close with some passionate screams of, I hate you. Can't you feel the pain? Mm. Uh, that's some dark shit. And if we're being honest, uh, those have always been the best corn songs. The dark uh, ones, yeah. When Jonathan Davis is just kind of laying it all out there and just, you know, he's writing as if no one else is fucking listening. Good stuff, man. Um, my number four pick. If you haven't heard it and you want to hear some dark, twisted shit, check out Corn with my gift to you. There you go. I thought the best corn tracks were when he was beatboxing. <laughs> Twist. That shit, right? What you got for number, uh, what are we at? I think I said that was number four for you, but we're actually at number three. No, we're not. No, we're at four. No, we're at number three. We, got a fucking we time, are number time four. Machine we're, over we're, at four. we're at four. What are you drinking? I'm drinking beer. Not good. Uh, About time. He's been cryogenically frozen. I have <laughs> not drank that. No, he's a... Uh, I've been drinking blueberry. Berry, berry monkey. Fruity guy. Um, I like <laughs> I'm a little fruity. Fruity sour triple. Nine. 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 nine fucking fun. Uh, yeah, dude. Hey. <laughs> All right. Who's doing what? Is it your turn? No. I'm, Travis. Hey, uh, yeah. Travis with number three. Four. 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 Sorry. My bad. Um, I know a four pick would be uh, wood or wood? Question mark. <laughs> By Allison Chains up 1992's Dirt. Mm. So written by guitarist and vocalist Jerry Cantrell as mm-hmm. a tribute song to his friend Andrew Wood, mm-hmm. lead singer, a fellow Seattle grunge band, Mother Love Bone. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. He overdosed on heroin in 1990. Cantrell wrote this song in his honor. However, it's almost foreshadowing, given what happened to Lane Staley mm-hmm. back in 2002. Which actually, looking that back up, surprised me that it was 2002. I thought Staley died in the 90s, and then so did I. Feel old as fuck. Until you just said that, I literally was singing the 90s. So, 
when looking up these uh, songs, so I we have to view Alice in Chains. They are the most metal of all the grunge bands. Mm-hmm. Jerry Cantrell brings a delivery that's not seen by his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not realize how much uh, Cantrell actually sang on these songs. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a lot involved. He, in he is shit. a lot. Uh, but looking at Wood, the heavy bass intro leading into Cantrell's iconic riff mm-hmm. on that song has almost haunting low vocal delivery on that, met by Staley's uh, harmonized vocals. Mm-hmm. It's it's classic Allison Chains. Yes. And then, again, the chorus by Staley, classic Allison Chains. This is what I look for when I'm looking up Allison Chains. It's, it's, it's almost a perfect Allison Chains song, I'll say that. So... This is the best closer we got on the list fucking tonight. This was going to be on it's, my closer yeah. last year. It was going to be on my closer this year, and I seen it. I was glad you picked I'm sad that it's not your number one pick. But it's fucking iconic. But like, uh, this is... it's fucked up that we don't really talk about Alice in Change, which is dumb because I fucking love them. We have a grunge episode coming They're eventually. so good, I don't understand why people like them. I'm like, do you fucking know what you're hearing? Because they, they hear like the the general catchy poppy stuff, which they do really well. But Cantrell is an amazing fucking musician that does such really cool stuff that nobody even fucking realizes is happening. Yes, he writes a lot of the fucking lyrics. He does the singing, fucking great riffs, the fucking the bass is amazing, the drums, just fucking great goddamn closer. If I could, would you? You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking amazing. A, bro. And, and for a lot of songs, too, like, it's the drums and the bass on this really sell that haunting riff yeah. that Cantrell yeah. comes up with. And I'd heard old Mike's like a really nice, friendly guy, but he writes these dark bass riffs that just, like, expresses what he's keeping inside of him. Allison Chains is on another fucking level. I guess that's why I haven't talked about him, because I just don't get... When people are like, I love Alice in Chains. I'm like, do you? Do you know what the fuck you're hearing? But they're you know so I mean? good. They just res- so they good, resonate but, with everybody, man. But it, mainstream like just, and the hardcore. Uh, so. I don't want to talk to you if you just like, I like the hits. I'm like, there's so much cool shit happening. It's, it's the best band from the grunge era. I uh, just like the best band. Like, you know, they're, they're fucking so I'm sorry, good. Jason. That's the best band from the grunge they're era. They're so almost good. a sleeper pick from the grunge era. Like, just yeah. era. It, it, the shit they're doing is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I'm glad I, you picked it. It was gonna. Be, it was on my list. Like I said, I gone last year. Head for? Trying to do the, uh, you know, the, you only get six picks. But I'm glad you picked it. Jason, give me the middle finger right now. Well, I mean, you know, what are you, you thinking Stone Temple Pilots over there? Uh, yeah. Stop over oh. Alice in Chains. Fuck Adios. STP's fourth at best. Anyways, I mean, we'll awesome pick, later. Travis. <laughs> awesome pick. Is all Listen, I'm great pick, if Travis. We're talk, if we're talking Look. grunge, though, I mean, my heart's with fucking Soundgarden. Ooh, but my sixth I mean, pick. Was with Allison Chains, yeah, man. Great Fucking good stuff. Dude, All right, man. so I'm getting on to my number four. It comes from the newest band that I have on this list. It's Havoc. And the song is Don't Do It from their 2020 album, Five. It starts off acoustic, very slow and moody build, which, yes, I fucking love. You guys should know that by now. Mm. It goes on for the first two minutes, then the drums come in before the big head-banging opening riff hits you. I really like the vocal delivery here where the screams are giving you more of the anger in the lyrics. And then he goes a bit more melodic into the chorus for the hopelessness and despair with the lyrics. I want to end me. I know what I'm going to do. It's very ominous. 
And if you haven't picked up on it by this point in the song, that lyric, it's very clear the song is about suicidal thoughts. Uh, after the second chorus, we get the lyric, uh, you were not there, goodbye to you. And the track just absolutely takes off with some face-melting riffing, wicked fast drums. It's super thrashy uh, as the internal battle continues to peak and the frantic lyrics, nobody's listening. Nobody cares. Pretty sure that nobody will shed a tear. Uh, this counters with the screams of don't do it as his inner self is telling him not to do it. Uh, it's an intense 90 seconds before it slams on the brakes and fades out with some acoustic stuff again. Uh, we did do a full breakdown of this album on the uh, episode 37, the thrash episode. Uh, if you want to go back and check that out. Hey, go check out the thrash shit. Yeah, man. Havoc, man. They're a cool thrash, man. I like them. I got to say, I hadn't dug into the lyrics of that song. Uh, it's pretty cool that you you gave me something different to go back and kind of check out. Because I like Havoc's kind of more like it's thrash metal. So it's like upbeat. Mm-hmm. I put it on to have a good time. I, I didn't really catch yeah. all that stuff. Speaking of that, thrash go- often, often has the uh, suicide theme in their lyrics for being so goddamn upbeat. Go back and listen to it now that you know what it's about. And it'll change the way the song is. Mm. Look, man, I ain't trying to cry while I'm listening to thrash metal. I didn't yeah, say you'll are. cry, but it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a heavy song. So. Ballad listener. It's a great track. <laughs> Havoc, Havoc's one of the best new thrash metal bands there is. No one can see the tears when your head's banging. Oh, tears man. don't fall, man. That was like slightly poetic. I like that. No one can see the tears falling when your head banging. No, you just shake them off as you're banging. Shake it off, man. Shake it off. Shake it off. Bobby, what's your number four? Well, what? Corrosion of Conformity. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who that? In the Arms of God. 2005. Album of the same name. Seven minutes of stoner metal from NOLA. So this album features Stanton Moore behind the drum kit. He's from the band Galactic, which is kind of a funky jazz fusion type stuff. Uh... He replaced uh, Reed Mullen for the time and uh, they, like the uh, Pepper Keen and the guys were just out fucking hanging out and they saw this guy playing in this band and they're like, hey, you want to come fucking play drums for us? So he brings this whole new fucking dynamic. He's just going all fucking off up front on this one over the guitars, which has a build up to a great COC groove. Nice and sludgy with the bluesy leads. Good stuff. Uh, this was a pretty cool album. But it has a lot of like skippers on there. But uh, there are some really cool tracks, and I'm glad that they finished off the album with this awesome closer. Stellar track, COC in the Arms of God. Uh, the next album that they got coming out, I think it's in the beginning of the year, has Stanton Moore back on it. Nope. Uh, you get, no? What? New album? Yeah, the one. Maybe I haven't heard that yet. And what the fuck you say no for? You fucking- Man, because the drums really stood out to me on this album. So I looked up Stanton Moore, and uh, this was the only album that he had been on. And he's primarily a jazz and funk drummer from New Orleans, as you said. Right. It's an interesting little fact. What I just that's, fucking that's, said. That's, yeah. And Reed Mullen passed away, and on the new album, he's the guy that's coming in the fucking. I didn't read that, but I if that's, well, that's he's the, the news guy. If, the, if that's the, the fucking case, I'm here for it. That's the case. Stanton Moore's Stan a really Moore. fucking good drummer. Dippin'. So you like this closer with the standing more? It's fucking good. All right, good. About time. COC, In the Arms of God. Listen to it. Number three. My number three pick comes from Slayer. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Did you buy the DC shoes yet? Not yet, but it's coming. I like the Vans ones better. Yeah, they got those too, yeah. Those were better. 
but Slayer. We're finally Slayer. talking about them. My number three yeah, pick comes do. from Slayer with the song Seasons in the Abyss. It was on mm-hmm. my list, motherfucker. I know Bobby and I have talked about it before. Woo. There's something special about this particular Slayer album. Yeah, it's special about one. an album. It's a little it's slower. Mm-hmm. It's a little less thrashy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little more melodic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even a little too. bit progressive for Slayer. I mean, progress is progress. <laughs> Hearing a song like this, mm. it almost doesn't sound like the same band that brought us Rain and Blood, but that's okay with me. Fuck it. So good. When you have people like Justin that complain how all Slayer songs sound the same. Bobby just spit his beer out, everybody. It's great to have a song like Seasons in the Abyss to throw at them and say, no, you're fucking wrong. This is wrong. one of the Slayer songs I like. Back up. I think this is the perfect title track for the album. Mm. I think it's awesome that they closed with it because it felt like the entire album was building up to this particular song. Opening the mouse of hell. I mean, don't get me wrong. All your regular Slayer elements are still here, but I just find something very special about this album and especially this song. This song. It's really refreshing. It's not just pummeling you the entire time. They let it it breathe. Twists and turns. And they do allow time to let it breathe. But it's still mean and tough as fuck. Oh, yeah, man. You can't fuck a Slayer. The lyrics are just as evil as always. Uh, In the song, Tom sings, Insert flesh, a bloody tomb, a decorated splatter brightens the room. An execution, a sadist ritual, mad intervals of mind residuals. Mm. Dude, that's fucking... Yeah, that's he's a fucking poet, isn't mm. he? Yeah, that's good stuff. Good old Slayer, good old Tom Slayer. If you haven't made it this deep into the album, make sure you check out the closing track on Slayer's 1990 album, Seasons in the Abyss. That's my number three pick. The chorus is almost melodic on that slower, chuggy riffs. I like that track. You, it's man. one of the Slayer songs. I Their like. great songs are insanely great. It's, oh man, I mean, and there's I, everything else. What did they got like two or three songs that aren't good? And yeah. and then everything else blends together. Anyway, Boost stuff, stuff. Don't listen to that. Travis, what you got for number three? That's hard to follow Slayer, but it is, uh, man. easy God to damn, follow. It was an equally court. weird fucking band in the Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, that's like your favorites, though, isn't it? They are that's one your of shit. them. Yeah. All right, here we go. Parasitic Twins off the 2010 album Option Paralysis. The other deployment album for me outside of oh. Diamond Eyes. All right. The songs, uh, much like a lot of these closers, it's about relationships. This one particularly ending in heartbreak and the aftermath of that heartbreak from the jaded one. <laughs> the song is definitely about a breakup initiated by another person with lyrics like, when you took the, your love away, you let go. And although I miss you, I will never say I do. You can yeah, almost so. sense the bitterness in these lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's an unrequited love, and you've left me. You've took my life away. What are you doing? And the absolute bitterness in the line, but I'll give you all that you deserve tonight because you earned it, and you burned it down. Mm. So overall, though, the track is just an absolute stunner off of an amazing album. Uh, it's very hard to find another male song that starts with a xylophone. I can think Ooh. of. And outside of that, I'll find you a song with a xylophone in it. <laughs> Do it. No, Do it. I, I, I can't 
fucking think of it now, but I got uh, there's something in there. Yeah, xylophone. I'll get you, bro. So it starts off with a slow xylophone and a slow, very foreboding violin tone, mm-hmm. and that really encapsulates the sense of dread that you have in the song throughout. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's a great showcase for the vocal range of uh, vocalist Greg Pucciato. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. say that whatever yeah. you want. It's about how I say it, so it must be wrong. And while this song doesn't showcase it, I do want to send out a special uh, shout out to drummer Billy Reimer, who I think is one of the best drummers in goddamn rock, if not just metal. Often right. underappreciated, though. Get some of that, Billy. All right. Dylan's just known for really odd time signatures. That's mm-hmm. not showcased in this song, but it is a very somber foreboding closer to an otherwise uh face melting fucking album this has the catchy courses the big riffs the big chugga chuggas uh it dances all over the fucking place you can definitely tell that dillinger they're they're hard in the metal or they have a good jazz background i think that's really showcased by their guitarist ben wyman the guy just dances all over the fucking songs just weird fucking riffs, but they're so catchy and they just pull everything together with the weirdness that is the Dillinger escape plan. They're unlike any other metal band I've ever fucking heard. And my love has only grown over the years for them. It really kind of pisses me off that they have broken up. I always hope that there'll be a reunion tour. And for those of you lucky enough to have seen them live, you'll know that they threw one Hello, a fucking live show, unlike anything out there. <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen anything like them since. It was crazy. There was normally fire and blood involved, mm. broken instruments. Fire and blood. I like that. I don't like the broken instrument thing, but yeah. <laughs> when you're going so hard, the instruments can't always keep up with no, you. Don't break your weapon. Never a fan. Uh, I do like Dillinger's escape plan. Never got to see him. Always wanted to. Uh, not a fan of Pukiato's fucking vocals, but I don't like vocals anyway. Of course. But this don't. was a strange song. Uh, Dillinger's known for their cacophony of chaos and scatterbrain arrangements. And this one is this still weird, but it's still more approachable than their normal stuff. Uh, I'm not a fan of this song. Like I said, I like the more fucking heavier shit. And I'm not, not the Pukiato fan. I like the earlier stuff, but still. Dillinger Escape Plan, if you've never heard them, fucking any song, pick one and just go hear something you've never heard before. But I would say they're that, in their own fucking thing. To to that point, uh, this is one of those nice gateway songs. If mm-hmm. someone doesn't listen to a lot of the heavy, heavy, you can, uh, Dillinger has enough songs out there that you can slowly mm. creep into it's the face melt. It's a very melodic track. Maybe go a little so, backwards, go a little yeah. forwards. Yeah, yeah. It'll pull you in, get you ready for it, the more heavy it stuff. It happened mm-hmm. to me. And uh, now I'm a fucking ride or die bitch for Dillinger. Even there you though go. They're done. All right. All right. Getting into my number three now. Uh, it's come, coming from Lamb of God. The song is King Me from their 2012 album Resolution. Here we go again. Here we Another go. acoustic opening. Are you Another Lamb of God song. Get used to it. Uh, hey, this is the first time we talked about Lamb of God today. today. <laughs> we had two of their songs on the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Stuck on an island too long hey, to they, shit. They have good closures. Get used to it. Almost every single song I picked is in this formula. Right. Uh, but this one for Lamb of God is way outside the box. There's a very eerie, uh, faint singing in the background as Randy delivers his vocals in a more uh, spoken word uh, fashion to open the track. 
Uh, the verses are what you expect from the band, heavy chugging and Randy's intense vocal delivery. But they throw in this orchestral element behind uh, parts of the song, uh, mostly in those chorus, and uh, it just makes it very different for Lamb of God. Uh, as Randy is screaming, King Me, Killing Me, uh, they give it a more epic feel uh, that comes to a crescendo during the final two minutes uh, for some massively blood-curdling screams from Randy. On an otherwise underwhelming album, this has always been one of the standout tracks for me. It's a pretty incredible closer. King hmm. Me from Lamb of God. It's always good if you get a mediocre album with a fucking good closer. You're like a fucking waste of my time. Oh, there's so I truthfully can't think of another song I like on this album. It was the most lackluster Lamb of God album, I think, ever, probably. Yeah. Definitely saw him on this uh, concert tour and uh, was like, what in the fuck is all this? Yeah, there's not very many good songs on this album. I think Desolution might be one of the opening tracks or something like that, but it's just not it's good. It's so forgettable. I don't remember. All I know is I was at the tour. <laughs> there you go. But King Me is a great yeah, closer. Sure. All right. Sure. Yeah. Motherfucker didn't do his homework. Bobby, what you got for number three? Listen to your log shit. Number three, Black Cobra Swords for Teeth. 2007 Feather and Stone. Two minutes of vicious stoner metal from California. This is one of my favorites from these guys. Just two dudes creating this menacing wall of sound. While that sound is muddy and sludgy and loaded with distortion and fuzz, these guys are not sloppy. They are super tight. I've seen them live, and it was one of the most brutal bands I've ever fucking witnessed. They're so focused and fucking intense. Just two dudes battling the universe with their heaviness. They played this song, and it was amazing. I fucking love this song. I love this band, Black Cobra Swords for Teeth. So it's just two guys, and they're, like, scrawny, and they look, like, real fucking hungry, and they got, like, the faded black jeans and, like, you know, the shaggy hair, and they're just standing right next to each other, and they don't give a fuck if you showed up or not, and they make this brutal, intense, fucking giant sound. And, like, the veins in their hands are coming out in their face, and it's just like, what the fuck? It was gnarly to fucking see, man. Black Cobra is fucking intense. And, like I said, it's one of my favorite songs they got. And it was a closer, so that's why I fucking chose it. Do you guys check out Black Cobra at all? Meh, if you say so. It's fucking not. You don't like nothing anyways. So I did listen to all the closers. And uh, outside of uh, I, two guys, that's, mm. that's a lot of sound for two fucking guys. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I was uh, pretty impressed. Plus, uh, come on. The titles were fucking great on that. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on now. Knives for teeth. Come on. Swords. Swords. Oh, sword teeth. Bigger Even worse. Knives. You know what I mean? Giant toothpicks. No, swords. Yeah. Huh? Giant toothpicks. Yeah. Sword. All right. Number two. All right. So my number two comes from Avenge Sevenfold with Mm. their song Shattered by Broken Dreams. I would venture a guess that many of our listeners are not even aware of Avenge Sevenfold's debut album, Sounding the Seventh Trumpets. It's unfortunate. uh, And if they are, I don't think Avenge Sevenfold's aware of it. There. Say it. If they are aware of it, they probably never gave it a spin, which is understandable. They were definitely a different band back then and were still much more hardcore than they were metal, mm-hmm. at least for many of the songs. Uh, however, if you want to hear the beginning of their evolution, you can find it on this closing track, Shattered by Broken Dreams. Starts out with a super clean acoustic intro with Send Gates foreshadowing a little of what's to come in the future. Shadow's vocals were strong here, albeit still very much a work in progress. 
Overall, the song is a seven-minute ballad about a close friend lost in the throes of addiction and the helplessness that their loved ones feel as they slowly watch them lose that battle. I want to point out this is the second long song you've liked on the closing track so far. No, 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 no. This is the second ballad, right? Long yeah. song. Ballad. Yeah, it's a long song. Yeah. You give a fuck about a long song. You have a long song with ballads. You pick a bunch of emotional song. motherfuckers. Yeah. Damn. Feelings. Mm-hmm. I was honestly surprised you picked this uh, song because I didn't think another living soul outside myself and uh, like maybe 17 other people out there knew this album oh, wow, existed. I guess I'm one of those 17. I like this album too. No, I remember mm. distinctly being at a Avenged Sevenfold show back in like the 20 fucking aughts. The 20 fucking aughts. And I aughts. asked was at there. their merch table, hey, do you guys sell this album? And they looked at me like, why would we sell that album? <laughs> I thought, it's strange that you don't sell your own merch at your show. Jesus. Is it? I have given up on this band after uh, City of Evil. Right. However, the first album, pretty good. Their second album, one of my favorites of all time, Masterpiece. I thought it was really awesome that you uh, included this track off of it. Um, overall, though, I've given up on Avenged Sevenfold over the years. but mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Uh, Did you listen to the new one? I given up on it. Yeah. Oh damn! They burned me more than once. However, oh man, I will still forever love their old stuff, and it was really cool to see this track on there. <laughs> yeah, so this is a song. I think I like most it. of us can relate to it. I know I've personally lost family members to addiction, and I have others that are actively struggling with it right now as we speak. I feel like this song really captures that hopeless feeling that ends up turning to anger after that person is eventually gone and they've lost that battle. Uh, at the two and a half minute mark, the music gets heavier. Shadow starts screaming his heart out. It's not the best screaming, but it's raw, it's intense, and it's real. I find that more meaningful than any perfectly produced studio vocals. Mm. Three and a half minutes into the song, it goes full hardcore, even bringing in a brutal breakdown. Uh, something else that I found interesting about this song is that it it actually really called for one of those slash style guitar solos that Sinister Gates has become known for. Mm-hmm. But this album predated him playing that style. And so they just kind of like punk rock their way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of just a little bit more basic hardcore playing. I would have loved to have heard one of those epic solos that he can pull off now. Uh, but it wasn't in the cards for this particular song. Um, the song overall is imperfect and unrefined, but it gave us a glimpse into the type of potential that this band had, even in the early days. And more importantly, it sees the band passionately take on a very dark topic. That's very painful for most people to talk about. Uh, so if you never listened to Avenge Sevenfold's debut album, it's definitely worth a listen, but if you can't be bothered to listen to the whole thing, at least check out the closing track shattered by broken dreams. That's my number two pick. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Damn good pick. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so my number two pick, I'm currently wearing their t-shirt right now. Winger? Ehid. <laughs> I think we're going to jot on down to a band we've never talked about on the show before. At least I haven't talked about them on the show before. <laughs> well, it's your first episode. Oh, all right. Shit. I think Jason's talked about E.T.D. before. Maybe. Just a couple of guys from Buffalo, New York, known as Every Time I Die, with the song Imitation as a Sincerest Form of Battery. Butcher's a pretty cool guy. 
2007's The Big Dirty, which is a great album name, it's by the way. good album name, Big Dirty. I like it. The album's just banger after fucking banger. Mm. And, uh, I mean, personal preference aside, this was my ringtone for several years <laughs> back wow. when that was fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> I did used to think this album, uh, this song was talking about the personal confliction with uh, religion. However, going back and actually researching this, and seeing a press release, the lyrics on the song were based on a 1963 avant-garde surrealist comedy drama from <laughs> Italy called Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini, mm. which threw me the fuck off because I really thought this. Hey, you don't know about that? You're not aware of this old fucking Fellini? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, I was fucking uh, great, great, great pronunciation there. Yeah. I was not up on my Italian avant-garde from the 1960s. Uh, oops, you know, when in Rome. By the way. The press release goes on to mention that the song has, quote, everything that the band has become notorious for wrapped up into one two minute and 30 second keg stand of ass kicking fuck all. Mm. I can't agree with that. And made for a damn great closer. I got to say that the lyrics that lend themselves to a great discussion about religion as well. And the closing line of is better to destroy than to create what is meaningless. So the picture cannot be finished. And it just cuts right the fuck out. It's great. Yeah. I know Jason's mentioned that line previously on episode, but it's so damn good. We're going to mention it twice. So your stuff is the only stuff I listen to <laughs> on the fucking homework besides my stuff. And uh, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, Jarvis going to be mad because uh, this dude got me into some ET. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about that you've been trying for fucking years i was like this is all right kind of it's got a super catchy chorus on that song you're into uh, that it, it's gets the poppy shit there okay. they snuck it in there but uh i like the butcher guy and i just pictured that dude fucking just beating up anybody that don't like what's butcher's real name jason or travis do you know Andy Williams. Right. There you go, Andy Williams. Okay. I'm just saying, like, he'll fucking punch right in the dick lips. You don't like his riffs. Listen, Andy but, Williams uh, is probably one of the kindest fucking guys yeah, to metal. Is, I've met him several times. He gets times. it all out. You know, he body slams motherfuckers for a job, and then he goes and writes some chunky riffs. He has riffs. that walrus-looking mustache and <laughs> looks like he would just fucking rip you in half. But when you walk up to him after the show, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? But I'm no like, bullshit. Cool dude. <laughs> this Super dude, cool for, like, guy. the longest time, like, you love this band. And I'm always like, is this uh the day to remember, as I fuck, I, I always get the name wrong, and I heard, and I was like, "Hey, yo, this is pretty good." <laughs> like, He's gonna get so bad. It's as they lay dying that you always mix them up with. <laughs> fuck, uh, but no, that was every good, time uh, I die. Good pick, man. Yeah, every every time I die, Keith Buckley has Big some dirty. of the best goddamn lyrics that you can ever maybe I don't listen to ever that shit. have in metal. Mm. The guy whiplashes with his tongue like no one fucking else. Gigi Allen. He had some pretty good lyrics. Yeah, but Keith Buckley doesn't shit on stage and throw it at the fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I, I, I don't need no shit thrown at me. Yeah, that's for I mean, damn sure. You know, I ain't down with that. As far as I know, he doesn't have a micro penis either. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll find out eventually. <laughs> I, other than that, though, it's impressive that the rhythm section could keep up with this band. They go through fucking bassists and drummers like no one's goddamn business. Mm. But the rhythm section is always there on every album. And I mean, they always do you want to be the bassist in the band where they, they you can't hear the bass? Hey, we need you to fucking like uh, I mean, play the living shit out of this instrument when you're not going to hear anything. You're the bassist in the band? I am the bassist and you hear me all the fucking... I got the best really? fucking audio. What are you talking about? <laughs> shit. 
Out of way. Did you hear the bass in his voice? You got that. Catchy right. courses aside, the the chugga chuggas and the fucking face melting mm-hmm. is outstanding on this track. They got good chuggas. And what I really love about ETID, unlike most metal bands, is you see that Southern rock influence actually in there. And what's very impressive about that is they're from Buffalo, goddamn New York, about mm. as far north as you can get. Yeah. Mm. It's true. Fuck Dixie. These guys bring the South in their metal. North Dixie. North like Dixie. That doesn't, like doesn't even make sense. Justin, what do you got for number two? Number two, I got, uh, we're going back to Lamb of God again, because uh, why the fuck Two not? logs of shit. I told you. No, we had two logs on the last Closing Treks episode. We're going to have two logs on this one. We're going to talk about Reclamation now from the 2009 album Wrath. It opens with waves crashing on the beach and an acoustic opening. Ah, you're shocked, right? Mm. Uh, the lyric, humanity is a failed experiment, walking the path of extinction, spinning the wheels endlessly, grease them with oil and uranium. I don't think Randy ever gets enough credit for his lyrics. Uh, the band's known for being in-your-face pit music, but there's meaningful, meaningful lyrics throughout all of their songs. Randy has lyrics? I thought he just screamed. No, man. Mm. Listen closely. Blindly consuming mass manufactured faith, mankind is a festering parasite, relentlessly draining its host dry. But make no mistake, it's still based around getting that pit moving. And around 3.30, the breakdown begins. Uh, There's some neck snapping goodness here uh, with that simple but effective riff combined with the drum roll. Uh, The anger and pain you feel when Randy starts screaming, uh, I sit and watch the city burn tonight in the closing minutes of the track is pretty powerful. Uh, Wrath is a hit or miss album, uh, but this track uh, to close out the album is a great one. Uh, they faded out with some waves crashing, just like the opening. Nice. You would like it if you were to listen to it, Bobby. Wrath is not a hit or miss album. It's it Travis is. and I talked about this like oh. maybe yesterday. Contract is fucking amazing. Resolution bro. is a miss or miss album. Wrath is a fucking banger. Every fucking song. It's one of my favorite Lamb of God okay. albums. Okay. And fuck both of you guys if you disagree. Well, Reclamation's a great closer. Yeah. Just then, and that's what we're talking about. Like, not fuck me? I mean, I'm not angry enough. What do you... You got some shit to talk about, Wrath? I mean, I don't like it. All right. He don't like the logs. I mean, you know what I mean? I just... Spread them cheeks, baby. All no, right. Uh, no. no, but... No, yeah, but... Uh, he doesn't. No. It's weird. It is what it is, though. weird. The Exactly. That's the main thing I don't like about Lamb of God. He's doing a caricature. He's making fun of death metal vocals, and I don't fucking like it. No, he's oh, doing the wow. death metal vocals better than the death metal guys. That's no, what yeah. he's doing. See, he was in his fucking punk rocker band, and he was like making fun of the fucking thing. Like, and then the fucking Adlers were like, hey, that sounded pretty good, actually. Well, you want to join our band? And then now there's Lamb of God. That's what happened. It's, it's, it's he's too, making it, fun of death metal. It's produced he's, too he's good making crap. fun of death metals. Don't like it. He does death metal better than death metal. I agree. He, he does. No, that's dumb. Corporate that's Corporate got shit on Randy Bly. What in the fuck? I said what this I said. This show is over. Oh, boy. Randy fucking Ding Dong Bly yep. is better yep. than Corpse Grinder yep. I said what I said. George Fisher. Yep, I said what I said. All right, all that right. Is this, in general, this, is he better or at death metal? What everything. are we? What is the argument? Death here? metal. That's what you said. He's better at life. All right. No, Randy <laughs> Fly is not better at death metal vocals than Corpse Grinder. You know what? He's better as a vocalist, but he's a better overall vocalist than go. Corpse Grinder, and I don't have any doubts about that. He is better at getting punched in the face than talking with a Scottish accent for some reason. After <laughs> oh man, okay. This is- 
How about that? Nah. That's, uh, that's fucking... Reclamation is a great deep. closing track. Yeah, we Fuck. totally derailed you, Justin, but yeah. Reclamation... Mm. Uh, the only name. thing I disagree with you on, I don't think Wrath is hit or miss. I think some of my favorite Lamb of God songs of all time, some including fucking Contractor, Contractor's are on amazing. that song. But doesn't um, have like Set It Off and things like that, which are just kind of, uh, to me. God damn. Contractor. That's all but I need. Contractor's they like one of their best tracks. an album with 12 tracks and all of them were Contractor. Contractor's. been my favorite Lamb of God. Contractor's one of the sickest pit songs ever, man. <laughs> I, I fucking love that track. So, All right. <laughs> this guy. I'm actually grown to like that track, and I hated um, it for a long time. I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat, but every time they play it, I'm like, you wasted a live song, fucking redneck. Yeah, but everybody goes nuts for it. It's so cool, man. It's so cool. It's if not I, a. It's. Yeah. Listen, this, I, I feel you. This all goes back to my deep seated hate for whoever got hurt in the fucking pit back when I saw him at the uh, amphitheater in Tampa. And they were going to play Black and the Cursed Sun, but they cut it because I'm. Jackass got hurt in the pit, but I had to hear fucking redneck. Oh uh, yeah, I'd rather hear black, black and the cursed yeah. fucking sun. Black and the cursed sun is one of the coolest riffs like ever, man. I fucking love that shit. Bobby, yeah. what you got for number two over there? I know you're dying at all this Lamb of God talk. You're ready to talk about like I don't know, face melter or bolt thrower or something like that. Well, uh, I didn't get you with the bucket head in the guar, and I've been trying to get a one out of you guys. Well, we're not rating these, so you're not going to get yeah, a one out of us. I know, but I still want to annoy the fucking shit out of you yeah, with you the do. fucking stuff, because you guys give me a lot of goddamn crap. We give you great stuff. So I don't know what you're talking about. Bad. Oh, boy. Cassie eats cockroaches. That 1994, when the kite string pops. Four and a half minutes of sludge metal from NOLA. It's hard to put these guys in a particular genre, and this uh, excellent closer is a good example. It's got the deaths. Got the Sabbath E Stoner Sludge. It's got some groove metal. It's got some punk rock scum. Also has industrial elements. And then the general 90s alternative experimental vibe to it. And if that isn't enough, it's got fucking samples from Clockwork Orange. This band is super hit or miss with me. That's why I chose this as the fucking one of my picks. Uh, they have killer songs and they have fucking terrible songs. Mm. Nothing in between. This song is one of the good ones. Uh, this album is one of their better ones. Nola knows how to do the filthy sludge. And I like that shit. Acid bath. You should check them out. But, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, they don't always fucking nail it with their fucking shit. They're way experimental. A lot of dog shit. And this is one of their better songs, and it's a fucking closer. So did you guys check out Acid Bath at all? Shit is very, very dirty. Mm. I would Excellent. rather take a bath in acid than listen to Acid Bath. Mm. It's one of the better, like, their shitty songs are even worse. Worse. That's impressive. <clears throat> so going into this, I actually listened to all your picks, Bob. You know, it's a. Oh, you're so really kind. expecting to just go, wow, this sucks complete fucking ass. But. <laughs> I I got what you're saying. It's all over the place, but it, it was uh it was palatable to my ears still somehow. I mean, it's ninety four. And it was the weird era of let's just experiment and do you know that alternative everywhere, whatever genre, it was still kind of that alternative. Let's do fucking weird shit. Nineties was an interesting era. God in damn ass. Such a bad fucking God, like, that's not saying I would happily kick this back on, but mm, yeah, I guess, dude, they're so hit and miss. That's why I picked it as the closer because 
they got like maybe fucking six songs I like out of their entire catalog, and it just happens to be one of the enders. Hmm. There's they're a weird band, Acid Bath. Casey eats cockroaches. What mm-hmm. a song title. Yeah, and it's about like uh, fucking a chick to death, and then fucking nope. her again. Couldn't get that out of the lyrics at all because mm. they were just muddy as fuck. Uh, in case you were wondering, there you go. It's dirty. Jason, okay. we're at number one. I guess they got that in common with old Jonathan Davis, huh? Hey, oh boy. You know what I mean? All right, we've come full um, circle, and now we found ourselves at number one. Oh boy. Number one. What band would you put at number one if you were making this list? Do they have guitar scores? Well, Allison Chains, Wood, Slayer. But we already picked those. those yeah, we already picks. picked those. So where do you go do you from got? there? You go to fucking Pantera. They That's know. where you go. Pantera with their song Hollow. Have you guys heard of fucking Pantera? It's no. not Hollow. Never, never have. It's not Hollow. <laughs> I don't Hol- think so. <laughs> Hollow. That's so, who I read that too. They got this little album called Vulgar Display of Power. <laughs> really? Little album. Oh, Is that man. new? Maybe yeah. you heard, heard of it. They had a few songs on there that were a little popular. Oh, yeah? Mouth like for War, A New Level, some song called Walk. Walk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Respect. Yeah. yeah. He does that at the end of the thing, too. So... Oh, they have that guy, uh, Nickelback uh, Daryl or some shit. <laughs> Nickelback Daryl. I don't think there's something <laughs> sharp enough in here for me to stick in your pee. Uh, Nickelback Daryl. <laughs> oh, man. But this is the question I would ask. Have any of you fuckers ever made it to the end of the album? I have. Yeah, but the fuck? It's dark I know you guys have in oh. this room. <laughs> That's why we have a metal podcast. Because we albums. listen to the whole album. Yeah, right. Yeah. To the end. You people that are listening. You people. What do you, you mean by people? people? You. You I, people better made it to the end of Vulgar Display. Did this is why we're here. To the end of Vulgar Display. Yeah. I hope so. Because yeah. if you dig songs like Cemetery Gates mm. or their cover of Planet Caravan, mm-hmm. good songs. You're most certainly gonna like hollow Mm -hmm. starts out with a stunningly beautiful guitar melody from one dime bag daryl oh not nickelback before we get into phil bringing out his 90s grunge allison chain style vocals Mm -hmm. phil who the lyrics here's deal with a friend who has slipped into a coma and is now in a vegetative state phil continues to put his heart and soul into the clean singing until just before the three-minute mark, when he whispers repeatedly, he is as hollow as I alone now. And as I was listening to this song this week, I couldn't help but see the parallels between this song and Metallica's one. Mm. Uh, Mostly around the way the song is built and kind of the subject matter at hand, but the only difference is, instead of seeing it through the person's eyes, we're seeing it through the friend's eyes who is a, you know, mm-hmm. a bystander and watching this stuff happen. Oh, wow. So yeah, I definitely think this is their, their answer to Metallica's one. Right, good job. Um, music gets really <laughs> intense and heavy and Phil gets more intense and more heavy as he screams. He as hollow as I alone, a shell of my friend, just flesh and bone. There's no soul. He sees no love. I shake my fist at the skies above mad at God. Mm. This is a super intense song that's beautifully composed. And if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend checking out my number one pick, Pan Fucking Terra, with their closing track, Hollow. Okay, we really don't talk about them enough either. Mm, that's true. Kind of. Uh, I mean, as, as a should talk about them more. observer from afar, I mean, 
Mm. Why don't you guys talk about Pantera more? Let's say, I mean, we're busy. We got a lot of shit to talk about. You know, <laughs> no, I, I, Lincoln Park. Yeah, that's Lincoln Park at the top of, top of the list always. Lamb of God, Motionless yeah. and White, fucking <laughs> all, all Bob Ronnie no, Radke. No. In, in all seriousness, listen to Hollow again. Uh, it's almost like Dimebag's fucking serenading you for about two minutes. Yeah. Two and a half minutes before he's like, I'm just going to kick into another uh, fucking gear and tell you that I'm Dimebag fucking Daryl. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. putting my foot on your throat. Mm-hmm. As Phil just fucking drums it down on you. I like the uh, comparison to one. Instead of Lars pummeling you with drums, which I'll, hey, rare shout out to happens. good Lars drumming. Uh, it's just Dimebag going, I'm fu- Dimebag motherfucking Daryl. Yeah. And I'm going to lay down the goddamn law on you. There you go. And then it closes it back out. He serenades you away. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful track. It's I, a good one. I yeah, was like in the middle, how it gets so angry. It just, it's, it's like the wave of emotions you're going through a grief where he gets that middle point. It's the pissed off, mad at it. And then it, you know, chills back out at the end. He definitely had uh, emotional leads, dime bag. Like he was expressing himself for sure. With them gnarly ass fucking noodles. Yeah. Good yeah, pick, man. I think that's uh something that, you know, he shared with early Kirk Hammett, where we talked about on mm. the Metallica episodes. He could make you feel emotions mm-hmm. and tell a story with just the guitar, no words needed. He said everything he needed to say right there. Like you could convey that same emotion without Phil and Selmo at all. Mm-hmm. My number one pick is Pantera Hollow. Great pick. Uh, so, yeah, struggling over picks for a while here. And uh, I decided to just go with uh, my favorite song on this list uh, as number one, because whether it's the best song or not, fuck you, it's my list. There you go. Yeah. That's, how we, that's how we do it. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about a band I'm going to suck a lot of dick here for uh, called Comeback Kid. Kind of weird. But all right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, CBK uh, hailing from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, the song Moment in Time featuring another Canadian named Northcote as uh, the closing track to 2017's Outsider, which was a remarkably harder album from this hardcore band that seemed a little bit more metal than their previous stuff. Hmm. Uh, the song opens with a slow droning guitar that's down tuned for about 25 seconds until you, you hear a slow crooning from uh, the folk singer North, Northcote before punching you right in the fucking chest at 43 seconds. Singer Andrew Newfield just brings the fucking heavy. It's fast-paced drumming and guitar work all throughout. Has the pit churning. You get a slow reprieve about two minutes in before it gives way to a nice calm. It's kind of like a eye of the hurricane moment before mm-hmm. you just get punched right back in the fucking chest, dragged right into the pit. And at the last 20 seconds of the song, nice revisiting the opening line from Northcote. Uh, it was hard picking a comeback kid song for this. Uh, I knew I was going to pick a comeback kid song. They have a couple of really good closers. If uh, you like this one, I suggest you check out uh, Die Knowing's Sink In and Pull Back the Reins on Symptoms and Cures, which also featured Sam Carter from The Architects. Oh, no shit. Uh, so Comeback Kid, uh, they really only have about two original members in it, which is <laughs> pretty typical for a hardcore band, but... Mm. Yeah, Andrew Newfield and guitarist uh, Jeremy Hybert, uh, they bring it every time I've ever fucking seen them live. I haven't seen this particular song live. I always wish I could. However, these guys just know how to churn out big, heavy riffing 
pit stomping fucking hardcore music. No coast hardcore from Canada. There's not much else I can say outside of if you're not aware of Comeback Kid, you've been living under a hardcore rock for a long time. (laughs) And you should give these uh, legends uh, a spin. Uh, This one definitely uh, a little bit different from the other stuff. A sense of the uh, down-tuned slow intro and outro, but they still bring the heavy throughout. Uh, And that's my number one pick, Moment in Time off of Outsider from Comeback Kid. Nice. Uh, So, yeah, these guys are pretty cool, but I thought the Northcote parts of the song, the beginning and the end, were the better parts of the song. And it's probably, like, I guess combined maybe a minute, but, like, the stuff in the middle is like, ah, I like the other stuff better. Yeah, but it's it's just the vocals. You know me. Don't like the singers. But the Northcote guy was cool. I thought that fit very well with that style. Comeback kid. Yeah, they're pretty cool, though. Looking up the song earlier, too, I'd seen that uh, other people compared the Northcote thing to, like, a uh, either Bruce Springsteen or uh, Joe Cocker type. Uh, no, well, the, the, the I mean, maybe like, like nowadays, just I guess you got nothing slow else. Slow acoustic, yeah. That but kind uh, of no, I thought it was cool. Like when it kicked on, I was like, all right, I like this shit. And then, then it kicked on, I was like, oh, not that part. And then at the end, they bookended it. And I was like, yeah, that part. Northcote with Come My Kid sounds better, I think. That's fair. Yeah. I just love the. No coast hardcore. Oh, no coast that shit's hardcore. hard as fuck. That man. was badass. I thought, yeah, yeah. But uh, Justin and I talked about it on the uh, Heart Support Fest episode. If you get a chance to see this band live, mm-hmm. you need to fucking check them, them out. Yeah, yeah. They oh, were come back, sport. kid is no joke. Live. Fucking name. I'll show you a fucking tour date right now if you can't. That was the uh, August Burns Red thing, right? Heart yeah. Support. Yeah, right? I hope they do it again. Yeah, right. They had no no word on it yet, huh. but hopefully they do it again. If you're interested in seeing Comeback Kid, they will be at Tampa, Florida at the Orpheum on November 14th, opening for Stick to Your Guns. Oh, nice. Yeah, all right. okay. Hardcore show. There you go. There you awesome. go, Justin. Maybe we need to add uh, tour stop number eight. Fuck, I got so many shows coming up. God damn. <laughs> uh, band I won't be seeing anytime soon is my number one pick. It's from All Shall Perish. Songs for the Damned. It's from their 2008 album, Awaken the Dreamers. There is no acoustic opening here. You're welcome, finally. Uh, Just to fade into a big scream, getting right into the track. Intense drumming with a very melodic, yet beautiful guitar uh, work mixed flawlessly in between. Uh, It's a great mix. uh, Just in-your-face drumming and intricate technical guitars while Eddie belts out his screams and growls. Two and a half minutes in, it drops out. and we We get the guitar brought back to the front. Uh, The closing lyric, I don't care if you get it. This song still screams your name. Uh, into a nice little solo to close out the track on an absolutely amazing album from a band that I talk about as much as I can here, All Shall Perish. Eddie's stuck in a shitty-ass band called Suicide Silence right now. I wish he would bring back All Shall Perish, but did you guys check this one out? Songs from the Damned? Mm, Bobby did not. We know that. No, it was a a nice little tune I had not heard before, so uh, it was uh, interesting to hear a song from a band that I've heard about, hadn't listened to, and... uh, yeah, definitely a little bit of uh, face melting in there. And mm-hmm. I was surprised. No acoustic opening. No acoustic opening. I took it for round one for you. There so you go. No worries. <laughs> Bobby, what you got for number one? All the right. last pick of the day. So number one. So like I said, old Travis stole my number one with Wood. Wood, he's Wood, doing. Wood. And then Jarvis got me with the Slayer. 
So I was like, uh, let me fucking find something cool to talk about. So I got Bolt Thrower when cannons fade off of 2005's Those Once Loyal. Five and a half minutes of death metal from England. These guys are the ACDC of death metal. All their songs have the same arrangement, same chord progressions. Everything's the fucking same. It's just meat and taters, deaths with the occasional melodic bits. It's always about war. It's always fucking brutal. Never soft. They never changed. And that's awesome. I always loved that about Bolt Thrower. But this is the end. This is the last track on the last album. Oh. I There's no that. more fucking Bolt Thrower. It's a damn good fucking song. Solid death metal. One of the better solos. And it's got the drums at the end. Laying down a little groove as the guitars fade away. And the drums. It ain't even doing like a brutal fucking chaotic thing. It's just like a solid, neat little groove that fades out with some cannons. And the fucking drummer died. And there's no more bolt thrower. And that's how they fucking ended it. But they didn't know that. And I thought that was like a really cool and like weird fucking ending to a career that when cannons fade, Mm. a good bolt thrower song, and it fades out with the fucking drums, and the dude died. Bolt thrower, when cannons fade. Did you guys check that shit out? I did, and that makes me feel a lot shittier for saying uh, I dug this up until dude opened his mouth. I don't like the Cookie Monster vocals, yeah, but I well, love that's the, I'm not, not, I'm not the That's their delivery. It yeah. never changed. It was always the Cookie Monster. Every song has the same. But they're going to start with the riff, and then the band comes in, and then we're going to fucking pick it up, and then we're going to change it. every The solos, every fucking thing about every Bolter song is the same. ACDC style. And it was all brutal and about like war and brutality and loyalty and victory and honor and glory and all this neat shit. Like, God damn, this is the end of Bolt Thrower, man. You know no, I mean? That's a, a great comparison with the ACDC. I didn't mention it earlier, but when you got something that works, you know what I mean? You don't need to fucking change it. I throw on ACDC, I know what I'm getting. Apparently, if go. I throw on Bolt Thrower, I know what I'm getting. If you want to kick on some meat and taters, death, I'm going to fucking Bolt Thrower. I, I will give them that uh, shitty vocals aside. Uh, uh, that's, that's, the I band's love, amazing. There's no, good, there's no good death metal vocals. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I love everything else suck. going on in it, and I was like, I can see why Bobby <laughs> likes some bolt throw. There's no fucking cool... Nobody... I mean, it's all ridiculous. I think also, fucking monstrous vocals are cool, but it's not like that. You're not selling that shit. To, to be fair, bolt throw is a fucking... Metal as fuck name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, the name with the, the Warhammer fucking, was it 4,000, 10,000, whatever that, you know, the, the 40,000K or something. That shit. Like a bolt thrower is a, uh, it's a type of weapon. It's like a fucking crossbow. Bobby the all dork. their songs are about battle and right glory there, I need and all you that to shit. insert Homer Simpson going, nerd. <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> Sorry, you doing enjoy your life with Warhammer with cool nerd. Yeah, man. That motherfucker loves some bolt thrower. Goddamn right, it does. <laughs> fucking bolt thrower. So that's how I ended it. It was the last of the last. That's pretty cool. And that's how you fucking close some shit. So that there was a uh, twenty-four fucking pack. That's yeah. a case of awesome fucking tunes Drink right it there. Down. Go check that shit out, motherfuckers. Let us know what you close it out with. And if you like our picks, until then, keep listening to metal. Don't suck.
All right, everyone. That is our episode for this week. That's it. Hopefully you enjoyed our discussion you fucking enjoyed on the it. top six closing tracks. Did you have a good great. time, Travis? You enjoy your stay here at TMFT? I'm surprisingly sober still, but I do have to catch a flight back because I am not here for all those separatory albums. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks for you. Shit. So let us know what your favorite <laughs> closing tracks are let in the know. comment section. Do it. Let us know why our picks are better than yours. <laughs> right. Make sure you tune in next week. Got nothing else to do. I know we already said we were going to do it, but for real, we're going to get in right to the Sepultura discography now. Yep. <laughs> right. we'll get to it, motherfuckers. Three whole episodes, mm. fifteen albums. <sighs> get ready. Shit and fuck. <laughs> Definitely shit and fuck. <laughs> That's it for this week. That's it. Until next week. Until keep it metal. Keep it and rage with respect. Jason, can you clean up the lisp? It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's pretty good, man. Canceled. <laughs> Fuck them. The lisp police have not come out. Oh, oh, dude. Dude. You no were right to not eat the mac and cheese. You fuck your stomach up. Hey, you probably destroy oh. me right now. Oh, I already I was got that. a little teaser. Was because just, I was sick for a week. I was eating like a lot of fucking applesauce, which gives me mad gas, dude. Like applesauce? Yeah, apples give you farts like fucking crazy, dude. So you do, I don't know. I don't like, eat I was eating like Is that how it keeps the doctor away? Man, I was eating a lot smell. of applesauce, though. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I wasn't hungry for anything else, but I'll like, I can eat applesauce whenever. So, yeah, put man. your finger in your butt. What, what he said in the butt. Okay. How would you, uh, how, we're what, recording, what, so that's, that's fine. Yes, what age do you got to do that shit at? You guys should know, you old fucks what? over 40. What do no, you got to get, get your butthole checked out? I don't think out. it's still 50. Is it, it 50? Was, so I still got 11 years. I thought it was eight. Eight? Um, you didn't go to, I, I don't want to hear about your minor stories. That's buddy. only in England when they do You didn't that. go to but scout I, camp? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, the same shit. You weren't there? He said what, what? You I got the my uh, brown keyhole patch. Who can keep oh, a secret? Hey, we're a little oh, late, guys. We already talked about corn on the last pick. Oh, no, daddy. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's your number three pick? You can say it. I believe in you. I think I spelled it wrong. Is that waiting? W-A-T-E-N? That's spelled wrong. That's not the name of the you... fucking album, is it? No. Why'd you oh, do that? shit. Here we go. Waiting back to life and more. You can order the book at Eyesore Merch. That's E-Y-E-S-O-R-E Merch. Dot com. The book is already waiting back to waiting back to life. The book is already banned in Germany, Travis. So you won't be able to buy it. Oh, you should buy a bunch here and take them back and like bootleg that shit, <laughs> bro. It's, it's eating back to yeah. life. Okay, so yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back. <laughs> so I'm like waiting, like I'm waiting over here. The Rewind, fuck? future Jason. Sorry. Oh man, so I thought that looked wrong. Cannibal Corpse waiting back to life. I was like, what? Eating back to like shirts and ties. And God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. I was just being cautious. Like, what are you doing over there? You're fucking my shit up. Dude, none of us being loud, except when I clicked my can. Uh, no, I was just double checking. because oh. yeah, I remember Bobby pouring the beer, and it was like, look, 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 look. Well, he was gobbling it down. <laughs> <laughs> the gobbledygooker over here. Mm-hmm.
I'm talking about a heartfelt song about somebody mm-hmm. losing their battle with addiction and you guys are fucking clowning around and drinking two beers at once and making stupid faces at each other. All right, hold on. I want to clarify. I'm the I only was, motherfucker I here two fist. No, I was making right? stupid faces at you, too. <laughs> he caught it. God damn it. <laughs> that was some, I was Look, I wasn't dumbass. trying to call I dumbass faces. I five, but I'm busy. I'm making dumbass faces. Bobby's double fisting and Jason's giving serious. I'm trying not to look into his fucking. It's the Medusa glare. It should have fucked you right I was up. staring at my own don't nose. Don't look into his eyes at you. For those about to rock. Like, yeah, I'm about to. I, like, because at the end, like, I already nope. I already did rock. Wrong song here. I'm not about to. I've been rocking for nine fucking songs. Wrong song. We're talking about rock and roll. Rock and roll noise, noise pollution. pollution. That's what you had on the fucking list. He I changed, changed it. it. Oh, yeah. I'm be looking at that shit. You really changed it? I did. No, nah, you should have kept that one. That's the fucking. It wasn't a real closer. It yeah, it's closer. not because it should be an opener. It was a closer. Man, I didn't listen to your fucking list. When did you change it? It's the only song that changed, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> now you changed your, you put like fucking 72 I, long I songs on there. Shit, I might know our long songs, but I didn't change shit. That's the only song that changed. All right, all right, I didn't do my homework, everybody. I did, but then you changed it, so fuck you. Bobby, what's your thoughts on rock and roll ain't noise pollution? Oh, that's a fucking great song, though. Now that we're talking about that, I've been talking about something else all fucking time. <laughs> God damn. Apparently, we're wrapping up this part of the segment. Literally, everyone has to piss, and they're running out while Bobby's talking. If you're listening, <laughs> outtakes. This is a TMFT first right now. <laughs> Thanks man's for listening. trying to talk about one of his favorite bands, and oh, everybody's man. literally running out so they can take a piss. Uh.